the Shipe Sports Show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Shipe Sports Talk Show. We are back after a week off thanks to the snow. Thank you, Mother Nature. I think we're all tired of the snow. Join always my... Just got to turn it down. Hit your mute button. Um, Brad is back in studio, and as we can see, he's a little rusty. So, Brad, welcome back. Hey, good evening, everyone. That's all right. It just, you know, confirms that we're actually streaming. So, thank you, Brad. Makes me feel good. Just run a test. That's it. Join always by Guillermo. How's it going? And also joined by my co-host producer, Uncle Polly. Uncle Polly, how you doing today? How's Adrian doing? <laughs> That's everything I thought it would be. <laughs> Try my Rocky voice there. I'm going to start calling you Uncle Polly from now on. Oh, God. Please do. <laughs> All right. Well, there's been a big week in the NFL this week. Today, we're going to go over NFL free agency, the moves, what we think about them, who we think will make the biggest impact. We're also going to discuss the NFL draft. We're going to give you our first 10 picks. And also, after the show today, in the next couple of days, you can go online and look at mine, Guillermo's, and Brad's first-round mock draft, you know, maybe compare them to what Scheffner or Mache said. So I just said I'm Scheffner. I meant Mel Kuyper. Yes. <laughs> Good one. Oh boy. <laughs> See what happens when you take a week off? <laughs> All right, we'll get right into NFL free agency. The big one, I think, of the week was probably signed today, and that is DeMarco Murray jumping ship going from the Dallas Cowboys to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, as Russians fans, Brad and... Guillermo, when you heard that he wasn't coming to Dallas, were you all a little happy that you weren't going to have to play him twice a year? Come to find out that you're going to end up playing twice a year again. So you lose McCoy, but at least you only have to play one of them now twice a year, not both of them anymore. So uh, what are your two thoughts on uh, Murray jumping ship and going to the Eagles? Uh, Brad, let's start with you. Uh, let's see. First of all, it, kinda, it, it does kind of stink that he stayed in division as a Redskins fan, but I know uh, I, I would give up as much credit to him as I would to that offensive line. You know, so so the fear factor that I have with DeMarco Murray is slightly diminished uh, because I know it was such a good team effort between him and that offensive line where, you know, I, I, I'm not that afraid of him in particular. It was more of the system that he was in. Now that he's going to Philly, that is still a very good system offensively uh, and he can be extremely productive in that system. And so it is a little bit uh, tantalizing that he's still in our division and we do have to see him two times uh, uh, this upcoming season, which is frustrating. Guillermo, let's go over your thoughts. I wasn't that worried about it. I mean, coming up, yeah, Cowboys had a great offensive line. No doubt about that. Um, With Martin, new guy there, new rookie doing unbelievable things. I just feel in Philly he's gonna he's gonna take a beating, and he's known to be uh, a power rusher. So he's gonna be taking hits. Offensive line is gonna be there, but he's gonna be taking more hits than he did in 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 Dallas. Also, the fact that uh, the the play calling and, and the new system and everything. I mean, he kind of ran it in college. I mean, he has his his. Friend, his quarterback there, Bradford, that he was with in college. Who I'm sure was part of the recruiting process. Well, they did say that he 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 was trying to recruit and talk to Chip and everything. But the thing that Murray reached out to Chip, maybe he wanted Bradford as a quarterback. But uh, the system, every 16 seconds running a play, I mean, you're getting older. I mean, you saw LaShawn McCoy have trouble breathing as well during the first year of that uh, system. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit harder for Murray. He is a little bit bigger as well. Uh, I just, I don't know. I mean, 
it's it's going to be a different thing. I mean, they're going to use him differently as well. Well, here's the thing for DeMarco other than Dallas. Here, he has another bat and possibly two running bats that will come in where Ryan Matthews, everyone thought, wasn't going to sign, but now it's looking towards that Matthews is still going to sign with the Eagles. He did. Yeah. He's, he did, he's he probably going to be a official. Solid, yeah. I mean, I know they said he was thinking, but he I had think, officially I think it was, put a pen to paper. Yeah, three-year three deal, I believe. Three well, look, you have Matthews and you have Darren Sproles. See, DeMarco and Dallas, I mean, you had Randall, but Randall, I don't think, was a very as good as a back as Sproles or Matthews. You know, he wasn't established. So I feel like DeMarco, he won't have to carry the team on his back. I mean, they'll, I mean, when he looks tired, they can bring someone else in that is proven like Sproles or Matthews. So it's like DeMarco, I think, is going to be even more effective because he's not going to probably get that 350, you know, carries a year that he's been averaging, you know, in Dallas when he's healthy. But now that he has two bats, they can work DeMarco in first, second down. You bring in Matthews or Sproles or even... Do Sproles and Matthews first, second down. You bring Demarco if you're the third and one. That's going to be he punches it right in. So that's going to be a thing. Which combo are you actually going to use more often? I think all three of them are going to be used, and I think they're going to be used effectively. You know, I think with him getting rid of McCoy, Macklin, and Jackson is, you know, those comments by Stephen A. Smith I thought were unnecessary earlier this week. I mean, he, I mean, he almost basically accused. Specify, Shai, what exactly do you? What what comments specifically? I mean, he was so almost our listeners know. Well, he came out and said, you know, Chip Kelly, we're getting rid of. You know, they made he made Chip Kelly seem like a racist, where oh. you know there was no call for that. I mean, he, I mean, just because he, he's a white coach, he just and signed, he got rid of three. Yeah, when he black made that players, comments, right? he just signed Matswell. Oh yeah, they also signed Matswell. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they got, basically got a two for one with the McCoy I mean, deal. They got you got Matswell, Alonzo, and with got, the money that they saved, they got Maxwell. And, you know, I mean, the thing with Chip Kelly is he wants people who can work his system. You know, I think he got rid of Deshaun because him and Deshaun were bumping heads. They weren't really seeing eye to eye. So what do you do? You get rid of the problem. You get rid of that cancer out of the locker room. McCoy and Macklin, you know, they were doing good in that system, but maybe it wasn't up to where he wanted it to be. Foles probably wasn't the quarterback that he thought he was. I mean, the first year he went 28 touchdowns, two interceptions. But that's also if you have Deshaun to where... You, know, you can't really overthrow Deshaun. I mean, Foles is a good quarterback, but we showed last year he is human. He came down to yeah. earth really quickly. So I feel like Bradford, I think, hasn't given that chance to proven that he's an elite quarterback. I mean, he won Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I feel Bradford can, if he can stay healthy, I feel like Bradford can not only run this system, but run it effectively. I mean, this is the type of system he also ran in college a little bit, and he has Murray, so those two know you know, they'll, they know each other's heads probably still from college, you know, who's going to do what and what they like to do. So I think this Eagle team is going to not only win this division, I think they're going to win it by a special margin. I think they'll win it by two or three games. I don't think it'll come down to the last game of the season. That's my personal opinion. Hmm. I don't know how you all feel, but I feel like the Eagles are going to win this division for the second time in three years. And I think Chip Kelly, you know, when he traded McCoy, everyone was yelling at him. You know, he got rid of Macklin, but now they're calling him a hero there in Philly that he brought over DeMarco. And I feel like, you know, you said this thing about Dallas with the offensive line and everything. They have a great offensive line. And, you know, whoever they bring in is going to run great. But I feel like, you know, with DeMarco, you had that fear factor because he was a proven running back. Now you're going to bring in a rookie. These other teams are like, all right, they got a rookie in there. Let's go after this rookie. Let's give him some hits. You know, unlike DeMarco, who's proven and knows that he can take hits. So I feel like Dallas is actually going to take a step back from this. I mean, they still have Romo, Witten, Dez, but they won't have a proven running back to run behind that line. So I think that was a big move in the NFC. Uh, um, go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to disagree a little bit on that, Shipe. Um, No, they don't have a proven running back, but they have a proven system that works. And Dunbar has been in that system. They have backup running backs who have been in that system for years who I think 
can step right in and be, be because that running system is so uh, formidable, can step in and be productive right away. Now you look at DeMarco Murray going into a much higher paced system that a, a much more complex offensive system that he's going to have to understand. You know, it, it makes sense putting DeMarco right in there. It's like, okay, he, you know, he was a stud last year, put him with this offensive system. That's, that's, you know, fire, fire, fire. But you have to take into consideration the fact that he may take a step back. You know, it may take him time to get comfortable with the system and, 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 and time to understand exactly what's going on. Cause if you look at offensive lines, Phillies compared to Dallas's, it's really not close. Um, you know, that's simply the case. Uh, so, you know, I understand DeMarco's power and how, how much of an athlete he is and, and how good he can be, but you also have to take in consideration it's a whole new system, you know, a whole new staff that he's working with. Uh, there may be, you know, some, some time to get comfortable and used to that system. All right, they go a little off topic here. We have some breaking news. Washington Redskins breaking news. The Redskins have announced that they have signed defensive tackle Terrence Knighton to a one-year deal worth $4 million. So the Redskins got another defensive tackle after signing, already signing two, Terrence Knighton, who wasn't a pretty bad, he was a pretty good defensive tackle for the Broncos. The only problem sure. was I was reading reports before the signing that a lot of teams were concerned that he was out of shape. And you have the whole offseason. I mean, he's a big dude to begin with. I, mean, I don't know how much more out of shape. <laughs> God, hope hope the guy doesn't another Albert I mean, Hainsworth. Hainsworth. Hainsworth was out of Hainsworth shape, Hainsworth all over again. Let's not even say that name. But, um, <laughs> you know, good for the Redskins. They have another proven defensive tackle, so good for them. I mean, they're bolting their their defensive line, which, you know, pass rush, they were struggling last year. So they're, they're bulking up this year. So, yeah. um, big time. I like to see that. It kind of, uh, you know, it, it kind of narrows where you think they're going to now go in the draft and, um, you know, we'll, we'll get to, to the draft and whatever speculations are. Let's, let's just hope he makes it out of training camp. I mean, it's <laughs> one year and anything, it might not happen. They might draft a, a defensive tackle and everything. Next thing you know, he might be gone. All right. So let's go into the next. Uh, team that I think made the biggest splash in free agent, which will be, I think it will be a dark horse next year. And that's going to be the New York football jets. Uh, they go out, they trade for Brandon Marshall. So they finally get a true number one receiver. Now Decker, you know, they signed him last year, but Decker wasn't really a number one receiver. He's not a guy who could go up and get balls. Brandon Marshall is that guy to where if you throw it up, he can come down with the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also signed Darrell Rivas yesterday. And today they also signed Antonio Cromartie, which means they brought back the duo of Rivas and Cromartie. And this duo was the same duo that took this team to, I believe it was back-to-back. Back-to-back. Yep. AFC, AFC championships, championships with Rhett's Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan may not be there, but this duo, I'm pretty sure Rivas had a had a say in bringing Cromartie back. I mean, these two were incredible together. Um, teams in the AFC East are going to have a hard time throwing the ball on them. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, Tom Brady once again go back against Darrell Rivas twice a year. I mean, that was always a fun thing to watch. Uh, you have Brandon Marshall. The only problem with this team I see right now is they just traded for Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he's a he's a journeyman backup guy is what they would call in the NFL. Yeah. He's a journeyman backup guy. He needs to grow the beard back too. It's pretty nice when he had that. Harvard grad. Harvard. Um, the only thing I see them mean is they need a true franchise quarterback. I'm sorry, Geno Smith. You had your two years. You couldn't prove in yourself. I mean... If you got benched from Michael Vick, you're you're not going anywhere. I'm sorry for that. Um, I think if they get Marcus Mariota in the draft, which we'll go to later, I feel like this team could seriously make a run to the playoffs. Even with the, you know, I mean, they made the runs with Mark Sanchez, and that was because of defense. 
And this team, no matter how bad their offense is, they always have a good defense. They always put up tough fights against their in-division opponent. And that's how you make it to the playoffs. You beat your division teams, you know? So I feel like this team could make a run that year, possibly, you know, maybe not a division title, but maybe make it interesting for the where they're going to battle it out with the Bills, who upgraded with McCoy, obviously. The Dolphins, who got Sue. The Patriots made some signings. I mean, everyone in this division upgraded somewhere. I think the only team that took a back, actually, the only team that took a setback in this whole division was the Patriots. I mean, they lost both their starting cornerbacks. I mean, how's that going to, I mean, they lost, I mean, that's, how do you come back from losing both your starting cornerbacks? Well, they're on, losing uh, both their cornerbacks and they might lose one of their top running backs in Vereen. For, no, he's already signed. He already oh, went he to signed the Jets. Yeah. yeah, see, so they lost Vereen as well. By the way, I'm a little bitter that they re-signed Devin McCourty because apparently he was getting close to signing with the Titans uh, and no, his brother yeah. Jason. Jeez, here it is. <laughs> Would have been happy about that. It didn't happen, though. But uh, what are your all thoughts right now on the AFC East and how this division could shape up next year? I mean, do you all think the Patriots will still reign supreme to where they're going to dominate? Or do you think some of these, one of these three teams will, you know, battle it out with them? Uh, Brad, let's go with you. Well, let's answer that question really quickly. Uh, you have to look at history. And yes, you, you know, you have to assume the Patriots are still going to win this division. Now, who's going to give them the biggest battle? That's... That's a good question because you look at Miami and the acquisition of Sue. Uh, it's a uh, that's a big thing. It, it, it brings a you know much more fear factor to that team and uh, you know kind of a a stronger stronger front seven. Um, you, you know, mention Miami real quick. I didn't mention that they could lose their tight end and Clay. They could, and he could go to Buffalo, which gives them another weapon. Could go to Buffalo. So I mean, uh, this this is gonna be interesting. But continue. But just in terms of a fear factor, you know, br- brings a little bit more of a fear factor to that Miami team. Uh, and and you look at the Jets. You know, they've made some really really nice acquisitions. You know, Revis being one of the top corners in the league, Brandon Marshall being one of the top targets in the league. You know, that they've they've really made some changes to that team that really changes the outlook of that, uh, of that squad. But under Rex Ryan, you know, last year, Rex Ryan is a defensive coordinator turned head coach. He doesn't do offense. We, we, we've known that for years. Um, so this is going to be really their first year without having Rex Ryan. And, and, and so I'm willing to hit the restart button on Geno Smith. Um, you know, I, I'm willing to, to give him another chance in a whole new system with what, Todd Bowles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Todd Bowles. Whole, whole new system with Todd Bowles, uh, you know, with Brandon Marshall and Decker. Uh, you know, let, let, let's see what you can do. Um, we know, of course, their their defense is going to be back. It's going to be strong. They're, they're still going to be good defensively. It's just a matter of can, you know, can Bowles get them playing a little bit better offensively? And, uh, you know, I, I think the Jets are going to be the second best team in the AFC East, but I will, I will still give it to the Patriots. I, I will say Brady and Belichick still reign supreme. Like, you, you know, just, you have to. You know, another thing I forgot to mention was um, the Bills also traded for Matt Castle. So we'll see. I mean, I mean, he was a product of the system. You he saw what happens once he left New England. We saw it didn't go too well, but we'll see what happens there. Um, Guillermo, what are your thoughts on the AFC East now with all these transactions? I mean, they, that division made the most moves. So yeah, it did. And I still, I still think the Patriots are going to take the... The, the division, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, with the Dolphins, Bills, and, and Jets, they all did some pretty good moves. Or they made some awesome moves in the and uh, in free agency. You got Sue going to Miami. He's going to give him. He's going to spark up the defense, which they need. 
because their defense, their especially the front four, was kind of bad during like most of the running games that they had. You see guys go up the middle and they just turn around and look and like, oh, he already went for the touchdown. You got the Bills who they lost a key player in Alonzo, but doesn't change the fact that their corners are still there, their safeties are there. I mean, they got LaShawn McCoy who can spark them in offense because I believe their their defense saved them most of the games last year than their offense. And then I have to agree with Brad with the the Jets. Uh, give time to uh, to Gino. I mean, we saw him at at West Virginia playing. He was the, he was good running the system and everything. I just think Todd Bowles needs to give him a perfect system for him to run. I mean, he's got weapons now. He's got a he's got a solid number one in Brandon Marshall who he can throw to. He's got Eric Decker who can give him a slant or a, a nice route to run. And that yes. Yeah, Pretty much it, and then defense is always going to be there. You you already know from Revis and and Cromartie how that they play, and they've witnessed it before. So the defense is going to be pretty stacked as well. So I for to them to be in second, I kind of give it to the Bills. I mean, they lost the key middle linebacker, but I think they can pull it off with the Jets and the Dolphins not falling way behind, but maybe like a game or two behind them. It's, it's going to make an interesting uh, playoff race for them, for that division. You know, funny thing is, I mean, the AFC East, you really didn't expect anyone to make that many moves there. I mean, but once Sue and all this came out, it's like, whoa, these teams are finally realizing they need to make these big signings in order to challenge the Patriots. You can't make little signings or anything like that. You've got to make a splash in order to compete with this team. And, you know, Sue, you know, there's people coming out saying, oh, you know, Albert Hainsworth signed a contract. I think Sue has a better work ethic than... Albert Hainsworth, and Hainsworth was all about the money because he when he was in Tennessee, he had an attitude problem. I mean, he was caught mm-hmm. that one game when he stepped on the Dallas players. So I think the Redskins, you know, that was the biggest uh, bust ever. Sue has a lot more history of that. That is true, but I think <laughs> Sue is also a better athlete than him. Well, I think we can all agree the Redskins uh, have had a terrible history yeah. in terms of free agency signings. Jason Taylor and this other stuff. Well, that's why I'm kind of ha- that's why I'm kind of happy that they had a march Well, let's go, go ahead, ahead let's go ahead let's go ahead and talk about the Redskins. Let's talk about your guys' team to where. You know, I was I told you guys before the show, some guy wrote a letter to Chip Kelly saying, thank you, the Redskins weren't relevant this year. I mean, it's funny. I mean, people were doing memes with Dan Snyder with like a Hannibal Lecter mask <laughs> on him because he didn't do anything. I mean, they were just throwing out all these memes at the Redskins, and it's, you know, they because they finally have a football GM that knows how to win. This guy, I mean, he drafted Richard Sherman, yeah. Russell Wilson. I mean, he knows how to win, and that's what he's bringing to the Redskins is a winning Cultural. I mean, you guys, like I said, you signed three defensive tackles already. Well, I think he knows what he wants, and he yes. knows what's missing. He's a, he's a scouter. Yeah, he knows how to scout players, and that's what you guys. That's what I'm going to see with the rest of this year. You guys are going to develop players from the draft. No more of these third or fourth rounders are going to be a bust. I mean, I'm sorry, Emerson. I think he's going to end up being a bust. I mean, he took a huge step back last year, but someone like Breland, I mean, he was a gem. You all found. I feel like you guys are going to get more of that. With Scott McCullen, I think he is a great GM for scouting. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts so far on the Redskins offseason free agency? Um, Guillermo, let's go with you first this time. Uh, I'm actually liking it. I mean, not spending big. We're not going out for those big name uh, players out there. I mean, we could have got like three or four of them if that's the case and everything. Um, signing uh, Pia, I think, or Pia, whatever, Steven Pia from uh, Chicago. I think that's a big uh, increase. Uh, resigning Niles Paul as well is another one, and then that that guy, uh, Ricky, the dude from the Colts. And anyway, I think he's gonna give us some good stuff. I can't, oh, I can't say his name. Jean Francois. Yeah, yeah there Jean. you go. 
<laughs> I think he's gonna do so. Uh, the 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 bad call on that on free agency right now would be Halu. I think losing him will be a big impact on us because he did give us a couple of first downs on third down. But as I well. think you guys have some good other backups that can fill into that role. I mean, you have some solid pre- Fred. Yeah, you have some solid backups that can fill into that role. And there's still some running backs out there you all could pick up. Is he going? Is he gone? Yeah, he's yeah, going. He's he signed to your deal. To, to, to the Raiders. Damn, when did that happen? A couple days ago. Yeah, yesterday. Days ago. Yesterday, I think. Oh, well, good for the Raiders. They got a good running back. Good for them. Uh-huh. And I think it's a chance for him to maybe prove himself to be maybe be a number one somewhere in the league. Maybe the Raiders. Well, have I don't a, know because, the, yeah, the Raiders got Murray, the other Murray over there, and he had a productive year last year. So he's he's basically going to another he spot. He has a chance to compete now for a starting job because he wasn't getting over Morris. That. That's true. I, I guess I'd agree he has with you a on that. Comp- maybe that's what he saw, that he has a chance to compete for more of a bigger role, maybe. But I think you guys are going to be good with backup running backs and Silas Red. I think you guys will be fine. I mean, they could be. They could probably change it to all eyes on, on Griffin because all eyes are on Griffin. Maybe it could be more of a passing than running play instead of a 50-50. Uh, I mean, I kind of see it that way. Morris had a, had a down year, but I would like to see him go back to the way he was. Like what was it fourteen fourteen hundred yards ten touchdowns, I will I would love to see that uh, happen again. RG three I would love to see him compete and do big things and everything. Um, yeah, I just we gotta wait and see to what else we can get. Maybe we can get a couple key steals in the in the free agency. Brad, your thoughts on your team's off season free agency moves so far? Uh, first of all, I get so pissed at some of the idiotic things that my organization tends to do when it comes to free agency. So I'm so happy that they've laid low this year. Extremely (laughs) happy they have. One other thing I love is that Philadelphia is taking us out of the limelight. Now everyone's eyes are going to be like Philly lost all these players. They've completely almost reloaded. All the eyes are going to be on Philly. People aren't going to be talking about RG3, aren't going to be talking about all of our you know, all of our relationships with our coaches and all this stuff. I'm sure it's going to, you know, it's going to float up a little bit. But in terms of what really is going to be talked about in the NFC East next year, you know, it's going to be Philadelphia. It's going to be the Eagles. All eyes are turned on them. So really, I'm happy that we've just kind of stayed quiet, addressed some needs that that we did need, which was defensive line. Uh, and now we can really attack the draft, you know, in, in a way that we've appropriately addressed free agency. And now we can go after things in the draft. So right now I'm, I'm really liking uh, the moves that our organization has done, and we haven't tried to do flashy things. We're just doing things that are necessary. So I'm actually really happy with what we've done in free agency. I know it doesn't seem big to a lot of observers because there was no massive, massive, huge name signings, but we did address some needs, and one thing we didn't do was throw money at something that isn't going to work. So I'm I'm happy with our uh, our free agency so far. How can I forget... We really didn't talk about one of the biggest moves on right at 4 p.m. on Tuesday, and that was Jimmy Graham going to the Seahawks for a first-round pick. I mean, I've seen so many people say, just give the trophy to the Seahawks. Russell Wilson finally has a go-to guy he can rely on. He's been missing that since he got in the NFL. I mean, he has all these, I mean, he has, you know, Nate Burrell, you know, he has all these receivers, but he never had a true go-to guy. And now if the pay, a now, solid one. Yeah. Now the Seahawks want to pass on the one-yard line in the Super Bowl, they can go to Jimmy Graham now. <laughs> they can do that now. <laughs> now I don't feel bad. But, I mean, they he finally has a true number one, and I feel like the Seahawks, this makes them the team to beat in the NFL. I mean, yeah, they may have lost, you know, Matt's well, but they signed Corey Williams from the Eagles, 
Another team I'm bitter about because the Titans were going for him too. But anyway, getting bitter about all these people stealing. <laughs> See, that's what happens when your organization's horrible for the past three years. No free agents want to come to you. Sorry. Anyway. It's funny. I had I was listening <laughs> to the radio show that's on in the afternoon here uh, on 99.1 or 106.7. The fan. The fan. Love yeah. that show. Um, and... The, the this jockey was saying, okay, let's let's put together a list uh, uh, of reasons why these NFL free agents would want to come to DC. And he was like, let's see, horrible uh, owner. <laughs> He's like, uh, thought, uh, snowstorm blizzards in March. He's like, humidity humidity that's crazy in the summertime. He's like, uh, you know what? And he asked for callers to like call in to like to add to the list. And it was just the entire <laughs> list was just like, oh man. Have we mentioned yeah. um? You know, bad taxes if you want to live in Montgomery County, like Potomac, um, traffic. Right. The list, dirty water. Right. The, the, he said, the list oh, goes on. He said, uh, prima donna quarterback. Uh, you know, it was all, it was so funny. I just thought it was amusing. Well, I also want to go to Ryan Clark even mentioned something about our quarterback situation. Oh, yeah. Saying that RG3 is not. John Gruden's guy or Jay Gruden's well, quarterback at, at, at the spot right now. You got to think when you're a new head coach coming in, you sometimes want to get your own guy. You know, you want your quarterback. I mean, he had to change his whole system because obviously RG3 and Andy Dalton aren't the same guys. No. And they were trying to bring Gruden in to maybe coach him up. But I think RG3 is so stubborn to what he wants to do that he won't want to listen to anyone else. But we can get into that a different time. Talk about free agency. Uh, enough RG3 talk. I thought we just thought the Eagles took everything away from that. <laughs> Until they draft Mariota, then it'll be all back on the rest of Here it is. <laughs> According to John, I, we'll talk about that with the draft. I uh, couldn't believe yeah. I heard that. Mm. But back to Jimmy Graham. I mean, I tell you what, the somehow the Seahawks could maybe sign a, you know, or trade or sign a true number one receiver. Like, I thought they were going to try to make a play for Andre Johnson. Also, the Patriots were going to try to make a play for him, but... Oh, yeah. Didn't even talk about that. The Colts. But I feel like if the Seahawks could get a number one receiver, I feel like that offense would be unstoppable. I mean, you'd have number one receiver, a number one tight end, number one running back. It's like they're going to put all of them on the field and say, here you go. Come after us. Who do you want to Who do you want to stop? You want to put eight in the bots? All right, we'll throw over the top to Graham or our number one receiver. You want a double team or number one receiver? All right, cool. Drop sits in the back. Drop sits in the defensive field. We'll uh, run the ball with Marshawn Lynch. So I think that's what they're really missing there. And speaking of Andre Johnson, what about the Colts? They just loaded up, I think, this year as well. I mean, you already have T.Y. Hilton. Now you had Andre Johnson. You add Frank Gore. I mean, they haven't had a really a solid running back, I believe, since Edron James left that team. I don't think they really had anyone that has come out and said, hey, look, I'm the running back of this team. I'm going to run for 1,000 yards. They haven't had that. Uh, Trent Richardson, that that turned out to be a huge bust. That trade turned out to be horrible. They, got they, rid just, of him. they just released him today. I mean, you you lose Reggie Wayne. That's horrible. But you got to think, they're going to put out Andrew Luck. They're going to put out Frank Gore, Dwayne Allen, Kobe Fleener, T.Y. Hill, and Andre Johnson. I mean, like the Seahawks, all new now offense. Who do you guard? You put two tight end set and a two wide receiver set. All your DBs are going to have to cover. It's going to be one-on-ones out there. There ain't going to be no double teams. Well, and they have Moncrief, who who really started coming to his own rookie wide receiver yeah. uh, I mean, they're, last year as well. I mean, I don't know if their defense still is good enough to make a run yet for the playoffs, but I feel like they're, I mean, I mean, for the Super Bowl, I feel maybe they're a year or two away if they can get a solidified secondary because they just signed Trent Cole as well. Mm-hmm. If they can get a better secondary, there's no reason Andrew Luck can't make a Super Bowl in the next two to three years. I mean, there's no reason. They just need to bulk up that secondary and that defense, and 
this team will give the Patriots a run for their money. Um, by the way, if anyone out there who does one day fantasy leagues like FanDuel or DraftKings, I recommend when the Colts play the Tetsons, you just start Andre Johnson both games. <laughs> I feel like he's going to make that team pay. <laughs> so um, what are your guys' thoughts on the Colts? Like, Do you all feel like they can make a run against the Patriots or the Broncos this year for the AFC, or do you think maybe they're a couple of years away? Uh, Brad, you first on the Colts. Well, before the Colts, let, let me jump to, to Jimmy Graham. I, I, I didn't, I didn't really right, get a chance to say that. anything about Jimmy Graham. Um, I think that's a great acquisition for Seattle, but that's not who they are. Seattle is a running team. Like, it's great that they picked up Jimmy Graham. What are they going to do? Not give the ball to Marshawn Lynch? It's ridiculous. I think it's a waste. I think the Saints made out on that like crazy because that's not like who who the Seattle Seahawks are. They are, we're going to punch you in the face for a little bit, and then we're, then we're going to scheme you with some read option stuff and try and pass a little bit. They're not a passing team. Jimmy Graham is going to get frustrated in that system. Because he won't be used at all, uh, you know that that, that that simply just isn't them. And I mean, the Saints getting getting a first round pick and uh, a couple other conditional picks. I I think the Saints made out big time uh, in compare in comparison to Seattle, simply because Seattle doesn't need a tight end because they, I mean, they went to the Super Bowl two years in a row, two, two years in a row with a mediocre you know passing system. Like, why why did they need Jimmy Graham? Like, that isn't their identity. So. I, I think the Saints really made out on that trade over Seattle and Shipe talking Super Bowl. Mm, sure, maybe only because of Marshawn Lynch, not because of Jimmy Graham, because they don't pass the ball. Like they don't need him. But here's the thing: you know what I think would be a great play for them to run is uh, you know they like to run that bootleg a lot. Now, if you run the bootleg, you put Graham out on the same side as Wilson. You have that one linebacker cornerback that's on Graham running with them. Cornerback's got to decide whether you come up or then you have to leave Graham open. So I think there's a lot of plays I think they can do now with Graham that you said they've done before, but I think they could be more effective now with Jimmy okay. to where if you're running, if you put Jimmy out in the flats and you roll out Wilson, now the guy on Graham has to decide whether do I stay on Graham or do I go to Wilson? I feel like you can utilize that maybe a little bit. Yeah, but Graham isn't the best tight end with, with, with the ball in the open field. What Graham is so good at is that he can target the ball high in the air. You know, he's got a basketball background. And so this dude goes up and gets the ball. You know, he it's not like, He's not like Hernandez. I know he hasn't been in the league in years, but he's not like Hernandez where you try and get him the rock and he's basically a wide receiver once he gets the ball in open space. Like Jimmy Graham is a big target that you throw the ball near and you know he's going to secure the catch. It's not like, you know, we need to get him the ball and as soon as we can get him the ball, magic is going to happen. Like Jimmy Graham is the dude you streak down the middle of the field and you just throw it near him and you say, go make a play. Like, it's not like they need to, you know, kind of get him on bootlegs. What they need to do is get him on seam routes. Hike, we're going to throw a 20-yard little seam route right down the middle, go up and get it. You know the safety's going to come over and crack you. Wilson's never had that, though. He's I, never had a wide receiver. This is where I think it'll make a big difference that he finally had someone that can do that. He's but, never had that. But I'm going to disagree because that's not their identity. Like, their identity isn't that. Their identity is give it to beast mode, and then we're going to run a bootleg. Like their identity is not, we're going to let Russell Wilson stand there and throw. Their identity is we're going to get him moving. We're going to get him out. We're going to run the ball. We're going to trick you. We're going to manipulate you. We're not going to stand in the pocket and, and do these things. And if they do that, I think it's going to be destructive for them. I think if they want to stay successful, they need to stick to their identity, which is play hard defense and run the football. The second they try and get cute with all this passing, mm-mm-mm. nope, I think it's going to hurt them. Well, here's my counter argument to is that they've been running that offense for the past two years to where teams should finally be able to realize what to do against the offense to where if you change it up, now you have to prepare for not only the pass and the run instead of just concentrating on Lynch. Now you have another 
guy on the field you have to worry about. So, I mean, couldn't that help them out a little bit to where now you have someone else that you have to worry about? Another playmaker just besides Lynch, you have another playmaker where it's like, oh God, you know, I can't put all the focus on Lynch. Now I have to look at Jimmy Graham on this side. You know, I mean, it's another playmaker to make teams think about it. Maybe that's what they use him for to make him think about Jimmy Graham to where you can't pile the bots down because if you do, Graham's going to get open down the seam. So now you're going to have to, you're going to have to respect their passing game more than what teams did in the past. I, I I do I do see that uh, and and I understand that I just wonder how much Jimmy Graham is going to want to stand in there and continue blocking and not running routes and not getting targeted. Well, we'll find out come September. We will, because I'm pretty sure whatever they want to do, they're not going to show in the preseason. Oh, of course not. We won't see anything until regular season. Guillermo, <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, Jimmy? Uh, I think it was huge. I mean, right right off the bat, when I saw the the tweet or the message and everything, I was like, I'll just give them. The Super Bowl. I mean, it's going to make them so much better, but at the same time, I mean, they are a running de- uh, running offense. I mean, they brought back Marshawn Lynch for a reason. I mean, they need his running game. They need him to to push it down the field, and, and then if, if an occasional goal line situation, they'll give it to, to Graham. Yeah, I mean, you look you look at his season last year. He had a lot of drop balls that he could have caught and everything. He didn't. He had a couple games where he had less than thirty yards, maybe. He had a couple games, a uh, uh, streaking, ga- uh, streaking game, uh, game streak of no touchdowns at all. I mean, he his head wasn't mentally in it for some reason. I don't know why. And he had Drew Brees, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And for him to be dropping passes from him, I mean, you got Russell Wilson who's going to continue to play. So he's going to be running all over the place. Is he going to be able to catch it? If that's the case, is he going to be able to run after if he's been running around for so long? I think it's going to be a big threat on the field, but at the same time, I don't know if like how Brad said, if he's going to be used the right way. Yeah. I mean, expect the ball to be given to Marshawn Lynch. I mean, Curse did awesome there. You got Lockett who was there as well. You got the, the new uh, receiver that beasted out in playoffs. I forgot his name. Not the playoffs, mostly the Super Bowl or Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. But he had a couple, I think the game before against the Packers, I believe he had, he had a good game. He had a couple, couple of big catches. There yeah. Against Packers towards the end. And then you got, uh, Baldwin as well. You still have the same players from last year still there. I mean, with Jimmy Graham, big threat. Yeah, but we got to see what, what he can do. I mean, what how's that system going to play for him? I'm just saying, fellas, take a look at the Redskins in 2012. We were a run-oriented team. We had the best rushing offense in the NFL between Alfred Morris and RG3. And then we picked up a couple targets and we decided we were going to start passing. How'd that work out for us? I know we don't have the defense that Seattle had, but I'm just saying, like, offensively, that was not our identity. Our identity was running the football. Then we tried to go to this passing identity, and it wasn't us. And I'm worried if Seattle thinks Jimmy Graham needs the rock, Jimmy Graham needs the rock, that is not their identity. So, like, I I think it's great that they picked him up, and it makes sense if they can find a way to utilize him. But I'm worried if they try and force the ball to him too much, it's going to get away from who they are. And I think it will be, be actually a you know, destructive versus constructive. I think, I think if they, if they make the playoffs, I'm not going to say they're, they're not, but if they make the playoffs again, he could really impact in the playoffs. I mean, look at the Super Bowl. They really didn't have a tight end there. I mean, Wilson had a couple catches and everything, but they saw from the opposite side, what Grunk was doing to them. Maybe they needed a key player like Grunk, another Gronkowski-ness in their offensive play playbook. For them to to not worry about Marshawn Lynch getting the ball or Russell Wilson running it down the field or 
throwing in a deep lucky Hail Mary to to Baldwin or Curse to to get the game close or to win the game. Maybe they needed maybe they needed that position uh package right there of Jimmy Graham to to seal the win. Maybe win some games. All right, guys. Um everyone, we're gonna get back to the subject probably sometime next week, next couple of weeks. I mean, free agencies, you know, is gonna keep going until mm-hmm. the season starts. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and on the other side of this break, we're gonna come back and talk NFL draft. We're gonna give you our top tens and maybe some surprise pits in the first round. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back momentarily. Hey, this is Paul from the Shipe Sports Talk podcast. Just wanted to let you know how you can listen to our podcast while you're on the go using an app called Stitcher. You can listen anytime, anywhere using the award-winning free Stitcher app. Best part is when you stream our podcast or any of the other 20,000 available out there, there's no downloading, no syncing, or no wasted memory. It's on demand and on the go. So if you don't already have the Stitcher app on your iPhone, Android phone, or tablet, download it free today at Stitcher.com or from your app store. Add us to your favorites list, and every week when we put out our new episode, Stitcher will automatically update and have the latest episode of the Shipe Sports Talk podcast waiting for you. While you're there, it really helps us get our podcast noticed if you give us a nice review, rating, and thumbs up. We'll greatly appreciate it. Have a comment or question? Easy. Go to shipesportstalk.com, click on the Contact Us tab, and there you'll be able to submit your questions or comments. We love hearing from you, so we'll be sure to thank you live on the air. You'll also find on shipesportstalk.com the latest episodes, show notes, and other ways to find us on platforms like iTunes and YouTube. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Shipe Sports Talk show. Um, quick recap. The Wizards are down after the end of the first quarter to the Memphis Grizzlies, 33-26, which I think is not good because the Grizzlies pretty much is sitting everyone on that roster. So Wizards better get rolling. All right, we're going to jump ship here and go right into the NFL Draft 2015. Uh, with a couple of the free agent moves, a lot of these teams' big boards have probably changed. Uh, we're going to go ahead and give you our first top 10 picks of the draft, our little mock draft. You know, Also online, that's a couple of days you can catch our entire excuse me, our entire first round. A uh, little fun thing we're doing between the show, you know, we probably will only get like two or three right, but, you know, it's a fun <laughs> thing to do. So I'm going to go ahead and start off, and I'm going to go with my top ten right now. Uh, number one, I have Tampa Bay will be taking quarterback Jamins Winston from Florida State. Two, the Tennessee Titans will take defensive tackle Leonard Williams from USC. Three, Jacksonville Jaguars will take wide receiver Kevin White from West Virginia to pair him up with Julius Thomas. I have the four Oakland Raiders taking wide receiver Amari Cooper from Alabama. Five. We're going to talk about this pick after we do our mots here. I have the Washington Redskins taking offensive tackle Brandon Scherf from what, Iowa. What do you guys do? Like all your ones and then all your twos. You want to do that? Yeah. Well, all right. You, you, just, you can keep going. You've already started. Yeah, you've gone halfway. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. I have six. I have the New York Jets taking quarterback Marcus Mariota from Oregon. Seven. I have Chicago Bears taking outside linebacker Randon Gregory from Nebraska. Eight. I have Atlanta taking outside linebacker Shane Ray from Missouri. Nine. I have the New York Jets taking Landon Collins, safety from Alabama. And rounding out my top 10, I have St. Louis Rams taking wide receiver Darrell Green Beckham from Missouri to help him give uh, Nick Foles a reliable wide receiver to start his career in uh, St. Louis. Brad, let's go with your top 10. Okay, let's see. Uh, number one, I have Winston going. 
to Tampa Bay. You know, they just their, their quarterback situation is such a joke that they're, they're going to have to uh, to get that taken care of. <laughs> uh, next, I have Williams going to Tennessee, the defensive tackle. Then I have Sheriff going to Jacksonville, offensive line. If they really want Bortles to to start developing. Uh, they're going to have to protect him, and he was he was under a lot of duress. And you know, as a rookie, you got to get that that taken care of first. If you want to protect your assets, you got to do that. So I got offensive line, Oakland. I think they have a good thing in Derek Carr, and uh, I, I think they do target a, a a big receiver. I think they go for White out of West Virginia. Uh, number five, I have Shane Ray going to the Skins. You know, I think we do need to continue to focus on our defense. Uh, and I, I think I think our offense can can come together. We have very good pieces. So hopefully we we attack that, uh, and then the Jets. I do have Mario to go into the Jets. Uh, you know they just they need they need a lot of, a lot of quarterback help, and and having depth at that position doesn't hurt you. So I have I have Mario going there. Chicago they need some defensive help. I have Landon Collins going to hmm. go, going to Chicago because they have uh, man, who who gets injured uh, or who who tore their tricep again. Tillman I yeah think. Tillman yeah. Uh, you know Tillman's going to be out again, so th- they're going to need some help. Uh, as far as Atlanta goes, you know they're very, very soft defensively as well. You know I think they need to target some kind of defensive, uh, defensive player, uh, and, and who I have them taking is the defensive end out of Florida, is going with Fowler out of Florida, and then uh, for the Giants, you know they they have a lot of needs. Um, you know, one of their one of their biggest needs I think is the inconsistency they've had at running back, and I think they take a risk. Uh, and, and draft the running back out of Wisconsin. Uh, I think the Giants go running back. And, you know, I know Andre Williams has had decent years, but uh, you know he, he's had some games that are good, but he's had some struggles. I think they they jump up there, take a risk, and they go running back at number nine. Hmm. And then uh, the St. Louis Rams, man, they're they're not missing much. Uh, you know, realistically, the only thing they need is the quarterback. Um, and and I think they take a chance and go with Bryce Petty hmm. out of Baylor. Uh, I think I think they, they with could, the Foles trade, you still think they'll take a quarterback? Even with the Foles trade, uh, wow. I, I, I think they take him, and uh, and and you know he's kind of kind of someone they can develop over the years, you know, with Tavon Austin and and with that young defense. So, so I, I say they go for it. You had very two big surprise picks there with <laughs> Gordon Petty, and I like it. You know, you got to think think outside the box. A little bit, Guillermo, top ten, go. Uh, Winston one, Leonard Williams two. Dante uh, Flower from Florida. I got him three going with the Jaguars. Um, four, I was kind of sketchy on this one. I had Kevin White, but I'm also thinking Amari Cooper as well. So I'm I'm just going to go with the one I wrote down. I've, I got Kevin White from uh, West Virginia at four going, uh, with the Raiders. I got Randy Gregory, defensive end uh, from Nebraska going to the Skins. We got Mariota at six. Jets do need a lot of power and a lot of help in the quarterback situation. I got uh, Danny Shelton, defensive tackle from Washington, going to the Bears. Uh, eight, I got Shane Ray, defensive end from Missouri, going to uh, going to the Falcons. Nine, I see an offensive tackle going there just to help out Eli as well. I mean, they they could always use a good another good lo- offensive lineman. Uh, with uh, Brandon, whatever Shafe Scherf, I don't. How I can't even it? pronounce yeah. him. That's a hard name. Whatever, whatever Shafe said. Whatever Shafe. Scherf. 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 And then uh, I got Amari Cooper going to the Rams to help out uh, Foles. Not bad. I mean, there's some pretty good, good pits. I mean, Brad's the only one who thought out the bot, so I give him that. Um, 
All right, let's go ahead and we can discuss the rest of well, the draft. I was thinking, I was thinking maybe because it's it's happened in the past, a trade or two in for, in the top ten. I'm sure there will be. There there might be two. I'm calling two right now. All right, let's go ahead. Let's, we'll discuss about the rest of the draft, but we're not going to go all of them. We're going to discuss maybe like some little surprise pits that people maybe wouldn't see. And you have Bryce Petty going to St. Louis. I have two more quarterbacks going in the first round. That's going to be I, mean, I have Petty, but I have him going to Arizona. I feel that, you know, Palmer come back from ACL, he may not be the same. And let's face it, after Palmer went down, their season just went down. They went from a team that could have possibly even made it to the Super Bowl to nothing, one and done. Well, yeah, Drew Stanton and Ryan Lindley are just... They're not, no. They're nothing. And who, who else, who's the guy from um, Virginia Tech they had play? Oh, oh Logan, Logan Thomas. Thomas, yeah. <laughs> who got a win, but <laughs> he had that long touchdown Ellington. And then the next quarterback I have going is the 31st pick of the draft, which New Orleans got from St. Louis. I have New Orleans taking oh, from Seattle. Brett Hundley from UCLA because they've said, like I said earlier, past episodes, they were looking for replacement in Drew Brees. And you already have two pits in the first round. You might as well use one on a quarterback start developing him behind Drew Brees because it seems like they're starting to redo that team a little bit. I mean, they've already done it. They did another trade today. So maybe they're trying to start refreshing that team. They got rid of, you know, Pierre Thomas is now gone. So, I mean, they re-signed Ingram, which was big, mm-hmm. but maybe they draft Corbett to be the, to be the successor, successor of um, Drew, Drew Brees. Brees. Um, another, I have Dallas taking a running back. Obviously I'm taking Todd Gurley from Georgia. Uh. And I actually have Melvin Gordon in my draft going 17 to San Diego. Uh, they just got rid of Ryan okay. Matthews. I feel like they could use a running back. I had him originally going to Carolina, you know, with Denver D'Angelo. Now you have Jonathan Stewart, who hasn't really been that good of a running back for the past couple of years. But I have him going earlier to San Diego. So, I mean, those are my little surprise pits here. Um, Brad, do you have any, like, little ones that jump out beside the Gordon and the Petty pit that you had earlier? Uh, they're... There's one that that does stick out to me uh, a little bit, and and this is this this is a little bit of a stretch. I have the tight end out of Minnesota going to Dallas. You know, you look at Jason Witten, um, you know him him starting to age, and and how the evolution of the tight end is really growing in the NFL. You know, if Dallas wants to to stay competitive, and I know Witten is a is a very good target, but you look at this tight end out of Minnesota who is is athletic like the league is 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 trending toward you know you need a tight end who who who's athletic who can make plays and isn't just your third down you know target that you that, that you go to you know you need someone who is kind of a, a wide receiver type uh type playmaker with a tight end body so that's a that's a little bit of a jump that I have Dallas making is because uh, I've heard projections of of that kid going second round uh, as, as high as second round, but but I have him going first round to, to Dallas, them jumping up and, and taking him. It's funny that you mentioned him because I have him going in the first round myself. I have him going to Green Bay. Going to Green Bay. I have okay. him going to Green Bay because yeah. I feel like they could also use a tight end. Yeah, for, they could. Um, a proven tight end. I mean, they have, you know, a couple there that, you know, have done I mean, it over the years. They've had it proven, but it's injury. Like Jermichael Finley, I thought was going to be their problem, that, was going to yeah. be their problem star, but he got hurt. So I actually have Williams going to Green Bay. So we have them both going in the first round. Guillermo, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Are your pits that jump out right now that are surprisingly? Uh, jump out. Uh, I actually got just one, and that would be to the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to go tight end, even though I think that's a nice observation. I think that that is pretty good. I mean, Witten is getting at the end of his career. Everybody knows that. I mean, numbers aren't really how they used to be. But real I mean, quick, you two talking about Witten. What about Escobar? I mean, he yeah, came in well, last year. Do you really think they could? Do you think he could just be the successor and they don't go tight end? Just that's your, your that's what thoughts. I was thinking. I was thinking Escobar would would take that over. 
He could. I, you know, we, we haven't seen much action from him, which, which makes me kind of wonder, you know, I think if he was really the playmaker that they were looking for, they would try and implement him more. You know, I, I, I do know more last year. He got the most action he ever, he's ever seen in his career, uh, as a pro, but you know, I, I think if he, if he was that much of a playmaker, I think they would, they, they would have already started using him a lot more. All right. So Dierma, who's yours then? I actually got a running back going to the, the Cowboys. I mean, it might sound funny, but losing Murray and then seeing if Dunbar or Randall can actually put the stuff there. Uh, I got Melvin Gordon going there. I mean, he might fall down to the bottom and then they'll be there. Hey, we lost Murray. Maybe we can pick up Gordon. One of the top three smart. running backs there. Do you have smart. Burley in the first round at all or no? Gurley, I actually do. I have, have um, I mean, even though they already signed a, a running back there, I have him going to the Saints. From Seattle's pick. That's not bad. I mean, you mean you lost Pierre Thomas. I mean, so you could bring in someone else for that role. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people, there's our um, little... Um, I mean, also, Grant Ingram hasn't even played. I mean, full season. yeah, full season at all. Maybe... He paid, though. I mean, yeah, he did. You know, we know we learned this year a little bit about free agency, just real quick. There is no... There's no home discount this year. Oh, no. Not at all. Definitely not. Um, so let's go back to the draft. And recently, John Clayton has come out, ESPN's senior analyst that everyone respects, and has said the Redskins, if Mariota's there at five, they're going to take him. And, you know, I just read something now on ESPN that's saying, you know, a lot of the high up people don't really trust Griffin anymore. Now, is that from Scott McLuhan coming in saying he wants his own guy? Or do you think really they've given up on Robert Griffin? I mean, you two are fans there. I know you two probably feel passionate about this. I mean, you just you both just said that the spotlight's off the Russians on Philly now. You know, now if they draft Mariota, it's right back on the Russians again. So, Brad, what are your thoughts on this that came out with John Clayton? And do you think his source is reliable enough to where this could happen? I I think his source is very reliable. You know, John Clayton is is, is extremely credible. So you have to think that what he's hearing isn't just blabber. It it, it is reliable stuff. It's valid information, and and I'm not against it in any sort of way. You know, one one thing that I think a lot of teams need to start doing a lot more is taking taking the best player, whether or not you need them at that time, but taking the best player at that moment in the draft, uh, and and even if you have you know, Darrell Revis or DeMarco Mori or, or LaShawn McCoy, you know, you, you take you, you take a running back, you take a cornerback, you know, because they're the best right now. Uh, and if Mariota is there, I, I think it's fine that we take a, you know, take him and take a chance on him. Uh, you know, whether or not we, we want to start him right away, it's fine. He doesn't have to. But I like the fact that it may make RG3, you know, start to say, hey, look, they're pulling in someone who, you know, is kind of like me and he's a little bit of a threat. So I'm going to kick it up a notch. Uh, you know, I, I like the the competition that that would go into that because I think it would make him and Mariota both better players. Uh, so so there's a lot of things about that that I like. I, I like the fact that if he was available, say, hey, look, let, let's go ahead and do it uh, because I think it would it would help in more than one way. I think it would add more depth to quarterback position, but also I think it would make RG3 you know, want to compete harder and want to be better at his job in order to not lose his job. Now, Guillermo, I want you, I'm going to ask you the same question, but I have another one for Guillermo and Brad, you can follow us up after Guillermo. Okay. If they get Mariota and he starts over RG3 and RG3 is completely, they're like, we're done with him. Do you think he would be the biggest bust in the draft? Now I know Jamarcus Russell went number one. He was a bust, but for what they gave up for RG3, do you think he could turn out to be one of the biggest busts 
in this draft since like Jamar, you know, the, would he be in the category of like Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf? Would he be in that same category or no, because he did go to the playoffs. I mean, you gave up so much and now you could be done with him after three years. So Guillermo, first, your thoughts on what do you think about Mario? And second, do you think this could be the biggest bust ever if Griffin's done after three years with what they gave up for him? With the Mariota draft pick, I mean, pick him up, fine, great. I mean, learn the system. I mean, RG3 didn't learn the system as well, but you pick him up, but we still have problems on the defense. I mean, you can pick up a quarterback. Yeah, he was good and everything. They said at his pro day that his arm was okay and got good feet and everything, but he's a system quarterback. No quarterback has learned the system. I mean, we've gone through however many quarterbacks in five years or six years, we, they just can't get it down. I'm all for it. I think RG three's time is on at the end of, at the end of the wire. Yeah. Like I said, I'm all for it. Let's see what he can do. If not, then try to trade bait him do something with him. But, uh, he, like Brad did say, he it's putting a fire under RG three where he's thinking I'm on my last shot and last year coming in on my contract do they want me back? I have to perform. I have to do this to them. I have to show them that I wasn't a complete waste. Going to your next question, I think he automatically sets a different level of a bust. I mean, yeah, he went to the playoffs and everything. Looking into the history of his injury in college, they took a risk on him. This is what the risk is. You, he has another injury. He snapped his ankle. He's not performing the way that they wanted him to. After everything they've given up to get him, yeah, I think he surpasses Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell because they were at the spot already. They weren't trying to move up and try to get them and everything. They gave up, I believe, a couple first rounders and, and a second rounder. And it just disbanded in three years, less than three years. And yeah, I think he's a complete. It's, he'll be one of the highest or the highest bust in NFL draft history. Brad, what are your thoughts on the busts of Robert Griffin? If- this happens um i would probably put him top 10 but nowhere near the disappointment that jamarcus russell was i mean they paid him number one dollars and he won them maybe two football games over three years i mean it is not even close jamarcus russell was a complete bust he was a waste complete waste of money they cut him after like three years and they still were paying him tons millions of millions of dollars he by far is the number one bust Leaf has to be up there as well, but RG3 won us a, a division championship. You know, yeah, we gave up a lot to get him, but he did it. You know, he went there, he, he he took care of business, everything we wanted out of him, we got like right away. It's unfortunate that he had a history, you know, injury history uh, and and kind of an injury plagued career to this day. But no, I don't, I don't think he's a bust because he he did step in right away. And won us that title. Um, you know, you, you you do look at players like Jamarcus Russell or like Ryan Leaf, who who, who virtually did nothing, and and David Carr, who virtually did nothing, like absolutely nothing, barely even won football games. I think what killed David Carr the most was because he probably came out on the expansion team. It's probably a little bit harder. Well, sure, I, I, but I'm just I, I'm not I'm not putting the you know the blame necessarily solely on David Carr. Just oh, no. I, I'm talking about body of work. Yeah, like you Tim look at Couch. Yeah, team couch exactly. <laughs> you, you look at the body of work of these guys versus RG three, and RG three has won way more games. You know he, he's been way more successful. You know, in my opinion, it's not even close. Uh, you know, he he still is. You know, depending on if if you if you got him out of the NFL right now, 
then sure, you 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 would probably still say he's a top ten bust, but not not anywhere near number one. I, you know, Jamarcus Russell, in my opinion, is just that that is the number one bust. All right, so if let's say they let's say the Skins do draft Mariota, mm-hmm. does RG three stay? Do they trade him? Trade. I mean, you can't keep them both. All right, if, if if you had to trade RG three, what what would the Redskins be able to get for RG three? Three or four, if that. I really because. You got to think of other teams. It's health issues now with RG3. It's, he has that ACL injury. He has an ankle. I mean, yeah, an ankle heals, but an ankle can also become fragile after something like that because it, you know, it broke him once. What to say won't broke again is ACL. He said twice. I don't think you can get a first or second round for RG3. I'm sorry. He's not a Jimmy Graham. He's not, you know, he's he, Jimmy Graham, maybe not even been worth a first, but I don't think he's worth the first or second round. I think possibly a three or four. And that's why I also think Kirk Cousins is probably a four or five. So you can't keep both because you keep both, you're going to cause problems in that locker room. No, that locker be room, stupid. That locker room will be divided both, between RG three and Mariota, and you can't have that. I mean, do you really want Mariota to come in and feel that players don't want him there because RG three is already there? I mean, you you're going to have to trade RG three. I mean, it's going to either be him or you trade Mariota after you draft him to try to get more draft picks. I mean, on draft day, if they get Mariota, one of those guys will be gone. What are the actual chances that Mariota ends up in in Washington? I really think it all depends what Tennessee does. Yeah, because Tennessee is the other team that needs quarterback. Uh-huh. I mean, even though they got a quarterback, but I believe it could still. Sorry, I believe in Mettenberger. As a Tennessee Titan fan, they need to get Mettenberger shot. I think he has the body type of a quarterback. I believe he has the arm strength. I mean, this guy was a third or fourth round projected pick last year until, you know, that knee injury in the last game of the season to where he dropped. And I felt like in the sixth round, that was a steal to draft for the Titans that they got him. As a Tennessee fan, I really want Williams. I want to pair someone with Casey on that line and to where, you know, you guys don't like him. But I kind of, I mean, Arakbo has been in Tennessee for the past two days in Nashville. I would love to have Arakbo on my team because when he was healthy, Arakbo was a force to reckon with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he had a 10 sack season. Yeah. And I asked Brad this, and he even said if Arakbo would come in and be healthy for my team and get double digit sets, he'd be bitter. And I think most Russian fans would be like, you know, where was this the past two seasons for us? I mean, go to Tennessee, and you're going to be healthy and get double-digit sets? You know, like, really, Arakbo? I would love to have Arakbo. And I would love to put him on that. And I would love, you know, James Harrison has been reported going to us. And so I, w- I want defensive players because our run defense was god-awful. I mean, we got torched by Murray like most of the lead. I mean, Alfred Morris ran all over us. I mean— you saw what Pierre Garçon did against us. I mean, our cornerback looked like a fool on that one play where he just went up the sidelines. Deshaun, mm-hmm. ja- I'll admit, you guys torch our secondary. Deshaun Jackson, that final drive, just obliterated our cornerback on that side. Jason McCourty looked like a rookie. So, I mean, I feel like we need to draft Williams. I don't think Mariota is a priority for us to where I think you guys will have that opportunity because obviously Jacksonville and Oakland aren't going to draft him. They got their quarterbacks. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. fine. So, it's going to come down to where if the rest is on pick him, then Mariota is going, Je- going to the Jets. So... I mean, you could see a situation where the Jets may try to trade with Tennessee to move up to two to get them. If the Jets feel like this enough, so I mean... Maybe, yeah. So maybe even Oakland or Jacksonville could take advantage of this situation and be like, hey, look, you know, you heard the situation about the Redskins. You know, you want Mariota. You know, we'll exchange picks, but we're going to want your second or third round as well. So not only does this benefit the Redskins to maybe get potential draft partners, but also everyone else in front of them. You know, because if you're sitting at Jacksonville... Or Oakland, you know, you're thinking to yourself, you know, hey, you know, the Redskins have said this. You know, let me call uh, the GM for the Jets. Hey, 
yeah, the rest said they're going to take him. What do you want for my pick to get Mariota? Yeah, sure. It's a lot of leverage. So this helps a lot of other teams. So the rest not only helped themselves, but they helped out everyone in front of them, except for Tampa Bay, because they're obviously going to take Winston. So I think I think this whole thing with Mariota and the Redskins has has really changed this whole draft to where we may see a pick mm. swap. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. This whole draft, I think, will be interesting. This whole NFL, NFL offseason, I think, has been the best offseason we ever had. I mean, this almost felt like an MLB offseason. It's, uh, it's been wild. It's been, it's been great. I mean, I love it. Um, I mean, we'll have more to talk about, and that's coming up episodes. I mean, unfortunately, it's all the time we have today. Uh, we're going to keep this going. Next week, though, we're going to get right into NCAA tournament. Next week, we're going to be on Thursday. Uh, by the time our show starts, we're all going to have you know a lot of the you know, first part of the... Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Keep going. All right. Um, we got the music going on. <laughs> My producer, Polly. Um, so next week, we're going to talk about some NCAA basketball. You know, like I said, the first couple of games will have already been going on. So we're going to talk about those games and we're going to review the rest of the tournament. We're going to give you all how the World Cup has the group of deaf. We're going to talk about the region of death and which number one seed, you know, could possibly be knocked out because the past couple of years we've been averaging number one seed knocked out in the second round. Who would, who would be that who would Cinderella be, who's team? Gonna, who could be the Cinderella team? Which number one seed could be knocked out early? We're going to go over that. We'll give you our national championship pitch. We're not going to talk about all our pitch because obviously, I like to say, you still have time to sign up for the Shipe Sports Talk NCAA Tournament Challenge. I've been posting on the page. It'll be on the Twitter. Please sign up. If you can beat us, you have to, whoever, if you can beat us, be number one in the whole tournament, you will come on our show, be a guest. We don't provide airfare or hotel fees, so if you're not a state, you'll be Skyped. And um, also, if one of us would get first place somehow, whoever finishes the top that's a fan will win it for the fan. So we're also going to have a fan tournament and then a little competition between us, so we'll see what happens. See if you guys are smarter than us. Also, I still have two more spots left for the Fantasy Baseball League. Let me know if you want in. So um, I'm going to have Paul. Talk about everything else for us to where you can find where we're at. All right. So, yeah. So, you can pick us up at on uh, Stitcher or iTunes. If you have an Apple device or Android device, you can load the Stitcher app on your phone and you can just favorite the show and you'll be able to listen to us. Any of the old podcasts and every single new one will be updated automatically. It's a great way to just enjoy the show if you're on the go at work or whatever the case may be. So that's Stitcher and or iTunes. And while you're there, if you do uh, happen to run across us on Stitcher or iTunes, just leave us a comment, a review, and a rating. That would be awesome. That actually helps to the show tremendously. Uh, grain some promotion on, on, on Stitcher and iTunes. So uh, what else? So we got uh, Twitter, which is at Shipe Sports Talk. Email Shipe Sports Talk at gmail.com. Send us your or tweet us your questions for next week's show. We'll be happy to address them live on the air. And um, the website, the website, www.shipesportstalk.com. You got it. First yeah. try. Uh, there you'll find all our uh, past episodes and you'll be able to see, get links to um, uh, the up and coming shows as well. The, the YouTube URLs and that sort of thing. Also on the website, there's a contact us tab uh, that you can send in your, your questions um, if you don't know how to use Twitter or email. On my note, this show would not be possible without my Uncle Paul. So I, all of us here, the host, we all want to give Paul a thank you. Without you, he runs the website. He runs the iTunes, Stitcher. I mean, he runs everything. Without Paul, this show wouldn't be possible. So yeah. thank you. Right on. So... 
for myself, for Diermo. Hold on, can I play the music now? Yeah, you can play the music. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, thank you, Brad, for coming back in studio. Next week, you're going back to uh, where are you going to? Tennessee. Back to Tennessee. <laughs> Go Titans. You're the only ten I see, Chef. <laughs> <laughs> okay, things just got weird. <laughs> All right, so for myself, it's good to end it weird. Yeah. So for myself, Guillermo, Brad, my producer, Uncle Paul, thank you for listening. Tune in next Thursday, six thir- six forty-five p.m. We'll go back to our original time. As long as there's no blizzard or hurricane. Or- Why would you even say that, Paul? <laughs> Why would you even Why? say that? Rainstorm. I can finally drive my windows down. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you. Have a good evening. Have a good weekend. And. Look out for more free agency moves and championship week. Yep. Bye.